0: Welcome to Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast, where we hear real stories from real people and we tackle all sorts of fun topics in the areas of business, marketing, entrepreneurship, mindset, the arts, and well, life itself. It's amazing what you'll pick up. Thanks for joining Well, welcome everybody. Another fantastic episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. It's episode 187, and we're going to be chatting about top tips for managing anxiety and building confidence to achieve your goals with Marcus Ross. How are you doing, Marcus?
1: Very well. Thanks for having me, Darren.
0: My pleasure. Thank you. thanks for coming on the show. And before, I, before we jump in, I'm going to just give everybody a bit more of an insight into who Marcus is. So Marcus is the founder and owner of Ready to Heal Counseling. Marcus has moved from a background in retail management to his counselling private practice. Experiencing a family separation back in 2020, Marcus reassessed what he wanted and found himself. He is now passionate about helping other men to live their best lives by identifying what's holding them back and empowering them to achieve their goals. Marcus is registered with the ACA and has volunteered for a number of men's groups. He is committed to excellence and professional development. So Marcus, really a big pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and, uh, you know, this this stuff is really important because men in particular don't tend to kind of want to show their emotion or reveal their vulnerabilities. And, you know, men go through a lot of stuff and we just kind of do it alone and we hold it in. So it's good to have um, an episode like this and to kind of gear it a little more to, towards the men.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I definitely do see that a lot. Yeah, men are uh, not always um, that open about talking about what might be going on for them. So I think it's really important to keep that keep that message going, in, encouraging men to speak up.
0: Yep, yep, so true. So let's jump in. Um, tell us a bit more about your story, you know, um, your background and why you're so passionate about this particular space.
1: Excellent. Thanks, Darren. So... Ah, uh, just off the top here, so I will talk about obviously growing up, I grew up on a family farm myself, just had the one older sister, she's six and a half years older than me, and it's obviously, yeah, great experience and great space to grow up, obviously, just having the the clean air and all of the, you know, all of the land around us to to explore and and have fun and, and get out, get outdoors, get outside. I guess the few things that popped out for me uh growing up was that like our our family was was very very good, um, very caring, like mum and dad were very were very different in their own ways. I do feel that there was definitely some strong uh conflict at times between my mum and dad just verbal conflict and yeah my one thing that sort of sticks out for me is that my dad wasn't the best at handling his emotions so obviously being on the farm everything like that i would follow my dad around like a bit of a magnet at times and would be out and about on the farm doing different bits and pieces and, uh, you know, he'd be doing something with machinery, a, a job outside, and something didn't go his way, you'd get, get a bit frustrated and um, do a bit of cursing to himself, let's say, and uh, maybe throw the, odd, throw the odd tool around. <laughs> um, never directed at, at anyone in particular. But I guess myself, as a six-year-old boy, I didn't really know how to deal with that or what that, what that actually meant. Um, you know, I wasn't really old enough to really understand it, I guess. And, you know, time went on and that was like I was up there. I was grew up on the farm till I was around 17, 17 years old. That was when I saw, having said that as well, like obviously talking about my dad, I also mentioned that, you know, he was. he was also um, someone who I looked up to. Um, he was also my hero in a way. So, definitely, um, you know, most of the memories I have with my dad are, are positive. I want to put that out there as well. One thing I really appreciated from my dad was that he got me involved in junior junior footy at a young age. Right. From maybe four years old, something like that. So, he'd take me to the, and they had like the, the mini league at half time of the, of the seniors. So, yeah. a little packer, I'd be, you know, running around chasing the ball. Not very good at, not very good at that that age and there was a lot of older kids that were uh that were probably a bit more bit more competent than me, but you know, I <laughs> got out there and had a go. Um and then sort of, you know, he started me on that track, which I think was really good, like getting me involved in a sport, the community, you know, community club and everything like that, which he was also heavily involved in. And, you know, ended up, you know, playing junior football, you know. All the way, all the way along until um, oh, wow. under 16s. Under 16s, where we actually ended up uh, playing in a premiership team. So, oh, yeah. and my dad was actually the goal umpire um, oh. <laughs> around those times as well. That's so amazing. it was really good. Like my dad, uh, as I say, was heavily involved with the club. He used to work on the scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, he used to do, yeah, you know, goal umpire, whatever needed to be done around the club. He jump in and do. Yeah. And, yeah, that's one thing that I guess I'm really, like, proud of myself is that um, and happy that, you know, that my dad did get me involved in that junior sport. And, you know, every Saturday morning, it's just a bit of a routine where I'd jump in the ute with dad and he'd drive me to the drive me to the footy and then he'd watch me and he'd be my biggest, you know, he'd be my biggest supporter. So, um, obviously, both, both of my parents are obviously very supportive, um, which I'm very appreciative of, Um, but yeah, moving on, back to where I was, sorry, I just wanted to sort of, um, yeah, make sure I communicated the fact that, you know, I had a good relationship with that, but, you know, that was just, you know, when I, um, that was one thing that stood out for me, I guess. I didn't really realise until later on how that, you know, how that might have um, affected myself. But uh, going back to where I was, I was, so I was um, 17 years old. I saw my, a lot of my school friends uh, went out and they were earning money. They were working, they were earning money and they were bragging about what they were doing and they had cash to spend. And I got a little bit caught up in the hype. So I thought I need to go out and uh, make some money myself. So that was the next step for me was what will I you know what will I do and I'd done obviously bits and pieces around the farm mechanically and I thought that could be a that could be an option for me. So I went off and when I was 17 years old I went down to and lived in Ballarat which is probably about an hour from where from where I grew up nice yeah. country uh, country Victoria. Yeah, so moved down there and commenced a pre apprenticeship course in mechanics, motor right. mechanics. Wow! And how it actually worked? I was actually doing that course. Um, to be honest, it wasn't very, it wasn't very challenging at all. It's quite, a, it was quite easy. Um, I mean,
0: kind of, you know, you were that way inclined, eh? You kind of, it just made sense to you.
1: Oh, it's just, I guess I probably didn't know exactly what the workload was before I'd started the course. But once I got into the course, I sort of realised pretty quickly that it was yeah, it was not really too hard. It was quite, um, quite cruisy. Yeah. But um, what happened was anyway, towards the end of the year, um, it was like a year-long type course. And towards the end of that course, um, I was contacted by a local group training company. And they were recruiting for a position at a car dealership in spare parts. Uh-huh. And at the time, I wasn't really too sure. I um, I wanted to get into automotive, and I thought this might be a, a foot in the door, and I can always sort of branch out and do other things, do other things later on. Um, so yeah, I did. I ended up um, putting myself forward or accepting. Uh, to put myself forward for that role.
0: Okay.
1: and um yeah, so then i i did um, jump into that role and uh, so that was a uh, traineeship in warehousing, I think they called it at the time because there was no parts actual, there was no actual parts qualification at that time. Mm-hmm. So um so yeah, I jumped into that, done that, and then uh, yeah I spent the majority of my time, uh, in retail management in the automotive after obviously doing my, you know, getting my experience and doing my apprenticeship to say, I guess, and getting enough getting enough experience. then I um, worked up into yeah retail automotive retail management. and that was where I spent a lot of my time, yeah, up until more recently. So that's as far as my working life goes. But I guess some major events for me along the track. Uh, I already mentioned about obviously, um, you know, growing up and seeing different things around the family, around the family environment. And I was married uh, earlier on in my life and we had, um, uh, we had my son, Ethan, who's now 10 years old. So I have him to my first uh, main relationship. Unfortunately, in 2011, I lost my dad in a shock car accident. So oh. that was that was difficult.
0: Sorry and
1: me. I, one thing that I realised later on in regards to that as well was that I didn't really talk about it, right. <laughs> as we were just speaking about and that. You know that challenge of men talking about oh, what's going on, and yeah. I just dealt with it internally um it was difficult because I was the male the only sort of man in the in the family apart like my mum and my mum and my sister so I felt like I needed to be I needed to be the strong one
0: yeah so
1: at that time as devastating as it was and as much of a shock to the system as it was I never actually spoke about that I, I did have a couple of very brief counseling sessions I think but You know, I really probably you know, really only probably just touched the surface as far as you know what was going on for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was uh definitely, I feel like a big, big event in my life. And um yeah, obviously something that you always, you know, you're always going to feel and you're always going to be connected with.
0: Absolutely. Um
1: sorry to hear that. No, that's all right. Thank you, mate. But um, but yeah, I can actually I can actually very clearly remember um, unfortunately like the day of the accident. Mm-hmm. And I got a phone call uh, from my mum at the time. And she like, she let me know that that was involved in the an accident um, and that he was getting flown to the Alfred Hospital in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. At the time I was working in and around like Western suburbs, Western suburbs of Melbourne. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'll you know I'll get there. So got there as quick as I could. Like um, on the you know went got a train, good train into the city, um, and uh, got there as quick as I could. And um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, I think he cardiac arrested the first time, mm. and then he they uh, got him back. They got him back from that. Um, but then he cardiac arrested the second time he was actually not very far from the hospital or it was only probably he was probably three quarters of the way there in the right. in the chopper in the chopper oh, wow. and um yeah unfortunately he cardiac arrested a second time and unfortunately that one uh, that one body that <laughs> one got him so um so yeah it was unfortunate cause we didn't really you know get that opportunity um you know to say goodbye mm. to him and at that time you know I was living living a bit of a distance away as well. So we, you know, we weren't able to catch up and see each other um as often as I would have liked, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was um, but yeah, one thing um one thing I can remember from that is after I was I was the first one that made it to the hospital. Right. Um so unfortunately, you know that news and then um I was really shocked and you know shaky as you could imagine after all that. Absolutely. And um I went to get coffee and there was nothing nothing open at the hospital so I Went out onto the street. Went into like a 7 Eleven and I couldn't physically make myself the coffee like because right. I just couldn't stop like shaking and, and you know I was in a I was in a in a bad way as you could imagine. Yeah. Um, so I had to ask the, you know, the attendant at the, working at the store, you know, would you, would you want wow. to make me coffee? And he didn't really want to, but I, like, he obviously wouldn't have had, would have had no idea, you know, why. probably just thought I was being lazy. <laughs> uh, but um but yeah, I, I sort of, I'll always remember that, that, you know, to this, to this day, I'll always, wow. and I think for the rest of my life, I'll always remember that, like just walking into that 7-Eleven and just not being able to actually physically make coffee because I was yeah. just in that because of the state that I was in. Um terrible. But yeah, it, but anyway, it's um yeah, we move on, we move on from those things. But um yeah, so that was probably a major event. Um and yeah, so obviously um moving on from that, um I was in another uh, in another relationship um as well. Um yeah with my sec- with my second wife and we had a daughter together. Um and yeah unfortunately in um early 2020 uh we we separated mm. um and I think for me that was a big you know big moment for me. Um it was a big moment because well I was I was shocked, I guess, in a way, even though I probably you know should have had more awareness and more idea, maybe that um, you know, that at a time my you know my partner wasn't happy. Right. Um but I think for me it was just a um call it some kind of wake-up call, I guess, um, because it just it was probably, you know, it was probably at that rock bottom point, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was just um, caused me to reevaluate everything really in my life. Yeah. Um, so from that point, um, you know, I really asked myself some pretty hard questions. A couple of the questions I asked were, um, you know, where where would I like to be in five years' time, mm-hmm. and what kind of person. What kind of person would I like to be? Um, as in, you know, what do I want to be known for? What are my what are my values? Yep. And uh everything like that. I hadn't always been, I hadn't always acted in in line with my best self. Yep. So um I think that was that was the start of um that was the start of things for me and where I had to make the decision. Um to change basically that that I wanted to be a better, a better person for the people around me and even better connect, better connections with my kids and everything like that. Um, you know, I've got, um, uh, yeah, I've got a 10 year old son and my three year old daughter now and, you know, they're both, they're both amazing. And, um, you know, just to be, you know, to be present and to be the best father that I can be for them. But, um, but yeah, asking myself those questions, I think that was the start of it. And then I'd been in, as I mentioned before, I'd been in the retail management for 20 plus years. I wasn't really happy in that space. Um, I think I'd just gone a bit stale and wanted something, you know, wanted something different, a new new challenge. I wanted to do something where I could help other people. Um, I looked into a few different things. I'd researched into things before, but I'd never actually took the jump and, and actually make it happen. I was just, I was pretty bad at procrastinating, mm-hmm. um, at, at those times, um, like earlier on, um, which was pro- half of my trouble. I think I, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't make too many decisions. I just sort of sat on the fence a little bit, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, once I, once I realized, you know, that I wanted to do something like that and help other people, I feel like counseling was a good fit for me. Um, so, yeah, I sort of um, jumped into that and studied as hard as I could to get the um, – to finish my qualification in the quickest possible time and my goal was always once I finished the qualification to start my own private practice, which i done a little bit of research into at the very start – at the very start of doing the course. Yeah. Um, and I just started taking one step at a time. Uh, it was – yeah, it was around a full-time job, although um, we did have moments there through COVID where we were only working sort of four days, so that helped me a little bit so that I could put a little bit more study, a little bit more time into, into study. Yeah. Great. Um, but, yeah, just ripped into that and, um, yeah, finished that qualification back in sort of August last year Right. And the business I'd already started, and I'd already sort of started putting some media stuff out there, sort of around March, around March last year. But I started seeing actual clients in September last year, and um, yeah, since then I've just started that on a part-time basis, originally around my around my other uh, work, and yeah, since then it's just um, it's just gradually building up as it goes. So, um, but. Uh, I guess I'm just, you know, I'm proud of the fact that I had a plan and I'm I'm sticking with that plan. We'll take some time as with any business to build that up and make people aware of my services and what I do.
0: Absolutely. I mean, really, um, you know, kudos to you for, you know, realising at a certain point that you had to make a change and you actually, you know, made that change. You didn't just think about it and then just fall back into your old habits, which is so common. You know, you decided, all right, things have to change. You committed to it and you did it. And now you're helping other people go through that same journey and helping them see the other side, which is amazing. So, you know, big round of applause to you for actually doing the work and making that tough decision to change, you know, where you're heading.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I feel like um, if I could use my experience and you know the the pain that i felt to help other men going through you know similar kind of journeys i feel like that's really positive for me and i just want to you know help as many men as i can who may be in that situation and they still may have the opportunity to you know take some actions um you know before hopefully before things get to that point um yeah, where you know, where they do separate from their families. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's my, that's my main purpose and my, and my goal. So, yeah. That's,
0: that's amazing. And, you know, what a great cause. I think it's so important. Um, and I kind of just want to get into, you know, the the main theme of today is really managing anxiety and building confidence. So before we get into that, I thought I'd just ask you, you know, why do you think, in this day and age, so many people are living with so much anxiety and lack of confidence. Do you think it's something indicative of this era? Or has it always been the same? What what do you what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think that um I think that it's a very fast-paced world that we live in. Mm. And I feel like unfortunately, not always um in touch with you know the present the present moment yeah um but i also feel like in this country we're very lucky um uh, you know to have the privileges and everything that we have and because obviously we all have we all have different challenges and issues that we may face on a daily basis but um because everything is so accessible to us and everything is really like compared to a lot of other countries, everything is very easy. It's very easy for us. Definitely. Um, I think that we get stuck into those certain, certain patterns that we repeat every day that, you know, that is it, that is our routine. And, I think that you know sometimes we just get yeah, it's it's almost like we're running on running on autopilot.
0: And we take things um, for granted a lot as well, don't we?
1: Yes. Yeah, we do. We don't always have the um the gratitude. Um yeah, that, that we could have. Um but yeah, I think that yeah, there's a lot of different things going on, obviously. Um that we need that we need to juggle in this modern in this modern world. Um, so the demands, you know, the demands are high. Um, so I think that, yeah, that definitely affects, definitely affects anxiety. Um, and yeah, I think, um, confidence is something that depends on a lot of things. Um, because obviously we see things through our perspective and, the filter of what we know, based on everything that's happened around us, from you know, from the time we were born. That's right. Um, so yeah, lack of confidence. I think that's something. That, that's something that um, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of men in particular, uh, struggle with. Um, that's something I feel like that's that, that's a skill that can be you know that can be learnt and 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 built up. Um, So yeah, definitely. I
0: think I I would kind of say like the two are linked in a way Not might not be totally linked, but I think when you're, you know, when you're anxious and you're, you know, you're not feeling at your best, you start to go through your life with a lack of confidence because you're always second guessing yourself. You're always in your own head. You're you're always, you're not really present to observe what's really happening. You are looking through things with a different filter. So they're kind of tied in a way.
1: Yeah, they are. I think a lot of uh, mental health issues that we face um, are based around what we believe is our ability to deal with that particular problem or challenge at that time. Yep. So that's when we feel overwhelmed and stressed and things like that. If we feel like whatever it is that's happening, we feel like we've we've lost control of it, like we don't have the ability. To handle it so definitely it's all related It's will definitely all related back to confidence we have the confidence um that we can overcome that particular challenge then you know we may not necessarily have you know have the anxiety or the depression but you know that's linked to it
0: yep yep totally agree and you kind of touched on this a bit earlier I mean obviously you know the benefits of being more confident of managing your anxiety, you've got to have a better work life, you've got to have a better relationship with your family. Um, are there any other benefits that you think are above and beyond the, the the norm of what we generally can see?
1: Yeah, I can see you're right with that. But I, yeah, there's plenty of benefits, that's for sure. Um, I can see releasing pain and stress that might be holding within your body. I feel like that. That's a benefit of being able to manage manage your anxiety.
0: Good point.
1: Um, I think like once you get that clarity, once you get clarity as well around your situation and what your specific goals are, um, I feel like that that obviously helps build helps to build that confidence also, um, and like empower you um, to be able to move to be able to move forward. And I just feel like um, once you're able to manage these, like anxiety, also like obviously you you have um, the ability to allow more fulfillment, more fulfillment and happiness uh, into life as well.
0: Yep, I love it. Yep, so true. I mean, there's always think you can go always go so much deeper than you know what meets the eye. Um, yep. Well, let's let's jump in. I mean, I'd love to kind of hear your tips and tricks and strategies for managing anxiety and building confidence.
1: Excellent, thank you. So, just going to bring this up. Great. So, yeah, I did actually just hold a webinar on anxiety. So this oh, um,
0: fantastic
1: ties in nicely. <laughs> so, one tip is to try guided mindfulness meditation. So, it's obviously. Quite a few different uh, different ones that you could try, but the internet the internet is your friend. Um, yep. So you know, and and I think um, it's very individual too. So um, you know, to find something that is that works that works for you. So you might try a few different ones until you find one that you like. And yeah, a lot of a lot of guys may not know what to think about this one, but um, <laughs> it's uh, like for myself. Ten years ago, ten years ago, I wouldn't know, wouldn't have known what like what meditation even involved. <laughs> yeah. Uh now, you know, now that it's a it's a part of my life and part of my daily routine, I can honestly say that it's you know such a positive thing that helps me to set up my day.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, that along with my I get up and I do my hit uh, morning routine exercise exercise routine which is just a 10 just a 10 minute thing nice. uh, and and I do my morning meditation which there's really no excuse because you don't need a lot of time yeah like you can do a meditation in 10 minutes or less
0: yeah i mean I, I love that and I've, I've kind of you know I've been thinking about this myself and I've done meditation courses over the years. And I never stuck with them. I never continued to meditate. And I'd like to get back into it. And I kind of feel that the pace of the modern world is just getting greater and greater and greater. And that's why meditation is becoming so top of mind for so many people. It's really um, making a huge resurgence. Um, and it's just getting stronger and stronger because I think we we all really need it in this crazy world. Um, and my argument is kind of like, I think, Oh yeah, great! You get up, you know, you do ten minutes or fifteen minutes of meditation in the morning. That's all very well and good, but then the day takes over and it's crazy. Has that meditation actually helped you, or you know, you've just forgotten about it and the the, the rest of the day just becomes, you know, goes on its own hamster wheel?
1: Yeah, I feel like you're starting from a you're starting from a calmer place. So, um, so I definitely feel like it helps me. Yeah um, like but that. that's just that's just personally and yeah. I know that it has helped a lot of other clients and a lot of other people that I know. Yeah.
0: I think that's uh, I think that's really true. It's like a reset every morning.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Start I think from the
0: right place rather than just being cumulative and then you know your attention span and your patience is thinner and thinner and thinner because you never recharge.
1: I think exactly. I think it's getting into those getting into those positive habits. Yeah. Um a lot of people might just sort of roll out of bed and just sort of straight out the door to work and things like that. But and I used to be like that myself, but I've found like since finding my you know my morning routine that works, just um, you know, I just stick with that and um love it.
0: Love it. Okay.
1: Yeah, so uh another tip state the emotions that you're feeling as words. So out out to, out to yourself. So you might feel I'm feeling you might say I'm feeling angry and worried right now. Right. So you're acknowledging the feelings okay. um, rather than like suppressing them or ignoring them, you're actually acknowledging that they're there. So um, probably sounds a bit sounds a bit odd, but it, <laughs> it does actually help because even if you're just saying that to yourself, um, you're bringing your awareness, to the fact of what you're what you're feeling.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's, a, that's the that's the point right there, isn't it? It's the self-awareness is key. Yep,
1: yeah, excellent. Absolutely. And then another tip, forgive forgiving yourself for not handling the situation in the ideal way, including interpersonal situations. Mm-hmm. So asking yourself what's the best thing you can do. To move forward now, yep, um, in, in a positive way now, I should say. Um So a lot of the time, yeah, like we tend to focus on. We might consider something to be a mistake or even or even a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't. I really don't like that word failure because I feel like, you know, failure is just one of the steps one of the steps towards success.
0: Yeah, I agree with
1: you. Um, it's
0: one of the one of the best ways to grow.
1: Yeah, so um yeah, so I think just just um, being kind, being a little bit kind to yourself, I think. Um and really being focused on what the next step is and what you can do what you can do in the future. Yep. Um you know, you've if you have made a mistake like you feel like you've made a mistake then you know you'll you'll know um how you feel about that within yourself yeah but learn and grow you can learn and grow from that and okay if it's a particular situation if i if and when i'm in that situation again you know what could i do differently
0: nice yeah So critique it, take stock of how you can approve it, but don't dwell on it and don't beat yourself up.
1: Exactly, yeah, be kind to yourself. I think that's really important because we do tend to be self-critical at times. Agree. Um, Another tip, to look back on the anxiety provoking situation from a time point in the future. So, if you were thinking about this particular challenge or issue six months from now, you know, would would that be an issue? Would that be an issue for you? Yeah, I
0: love that. Um,
1: because we're sort of in this. This is sort of the opposite, where we're getting stuck in what's going on yeah, in the present and we're, moment, and we're
0: blowing it up, we're magnifying. And we're,
1: yeah, we're thinking that it's going to be a permanent you know, something permanent. Um, or we're over exaggerating it like what you said. Yeah. So just sort of, I guess, putting things into perspective a little bit to say, well, okay, in six months' time, is this is this actually going to matter? And quite often the answer will be no.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so just just bring awareness, bring awareness to that also. Love it. Uh, except that there's a gap between your real self and your ideal self, and this is a case for pretty much everybody. So we know that we're not we're not robots and humans, and we do make mistakes at times. And yeah, same again. And being careful with um, like we talked about like self self care in a way, I guess before and similar kind of thing and be, be careful around the, the self-talk and the narratives, the narratives that we, you know, that we're thinking of internally yep. um, because, yeah, like we want to replace any of those negative narratives or negative self-talk um, with, you know, with things that are more positive and, and, and uplifting and, uh, so that you can empower empower yourself towards you know where you'd like to be.
0: Great.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, and here was just some extra. It was just some ex- a few extra strategies which um, a lot of people would be would already be aware of. But I think it's just important to keep these things in mind. Uh, exercising regularly can be obviously you know, really beneficial for the mind and the body, uh, eating balanced meals, eating well, um, get, yeah, getting enough getting enough sleep, uh, staying connected to the people who care about you, your friends and family and the people around you, and engaging yourself in problem-solving for any challenges that you might be facing. I'm so, nice. yeah, it's just five... Um, Extra little strategies that you can use also.
0: So simple but so important. I mean, you know, yeah, if you can if you can do that, it allows you to um get through everything and just you know keep soldiering on and um put you in the right mindset. I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, well, I think to to be up for us to be able to serve others around us, we need we need to fill our own cup first. So fill your own cup. You know, we need to look after ourselves. So, you know, getting exercise, drinking plenty of water, eating well, getting good sleep. You know, they're all things that I'm sure the doctors would all recommend would all recommend for you, but um yeah, definitely positive things for for your lifestyle. Yeah, I love that. All right, so that's as far as um Tips and strategies for anxiety. That's uh that sort of wraps that one up there, Darren. So I'll oh, just awesome. take that off my screen there.
0: Yeah, I'll take that off.
1: So this will be fairly short and sweet, actually. And I'm basing this off my own personal journey. So I feel like the best way to build confidence um is to take action. So that's well, it's the first step of it, I guess. So I guess so what what actions do we do we want to take? Um, and then I just feel like I feel like in regards to this, um, trusting, having trust in yourself. So if you tell yourself, "I'm going to do these three these three tasks today," so you're going to focus in. You're going to say. These are the three tasks that I, you know, that I would like to achieve today. Um, so then I feel like actually taking the actions, following through, and completing those tasks. That's that's the start of building building confidence, I believe, because you're you're trusting in yourself, and you're following through, and you're taking those actions to actually make that. Make those things happen. I love so, that.
0: I've heard I've heard an expression before um, in many um, podcasts I listen to, and they always say confidence comes from competence, and that's exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, and what happens is that you're building that you're building that trust with yourself. So, you know that if you say you're going to get you know this this and this done on on this particular day then you can trust yourself that you will get you will get the job done, you will yeah. get those jobs done. Yeah. And then I feel like as as that builds and you can build up, you build up more momentum as you go, you can see yourself, I think the other thing is acknowledging, acknowledging the progress you've made.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, as the time goes on and you, you're ticking off your, your, you know, your three main tasks. Um, every day, or whatever that whatever that might look like for you, and as you come along the journey, and you've been you're staying consistent with that, you can see that like a month, two months later, you can see that just to step back away from the situation from home, and just acknowledge the, the progress that you've made.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And I think that builds that builds more momentum and more confidence is as you gain confidence, then you, you know, then you can, you can do, you feel like you can do, do you a lot like more. You do
0: more. You start stretching, you start pushing yeah. yourself further because you feel like you're competent enough to handle it. And therefore you're confident to take it
1: on. And you're likely to put yourself more into, into those sort of uncomfortable situations as well that may not be you know, it may not come natural for you, or may not, yeah, it may not feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you, you you're confident that you've you've stepped out and you've done things that you're not comfortable with before, and you've been able to achieve them. So you know, why can't you? There's no reason why you can't do more.
0: Yeah. And so what? Basically, what you're saying is just baby steps, one step at a time. Um. Allow yourself to build the, um experience and get those runs on the board and that builds the competence which then builds the confidence because you know that you've done it before so you can do it again and then you stretch yourself to do it even more
1: yeah exactly i think it's like making that a promise to yourself Mm. that you know that you are going to do those things that you, you need to do you know you need to do and you're being clear and intentional every day you know you've got those it could be two things could be three things could be four things that you you've um, zoned in on that you you know that you want to get completed for that day okay. and your yeah you're um you're just jumping you're just jumping into that so i think you're getting clear on what you want to do and then and then taking actions and then being consistent with it every day and then you step back and you you can see that you're making progress. You know, that's you can. Right. And that you spurs can look you at it. on
0: because you're looking at what you've achieved. You say, "Wow, look what I've achieved!" I, I can't wait for tomorrow. I'm going to do that again, or I'm going to do even more.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Love it, love it.
0: Um, I mean, it's also, you know, it's all quite logical and quite simple when you think about it. But the key is to execute it.
1: Yeah, that's right. And and as you spoke about before, because it is such a fast-paced life that we have and um you know we don't always yeah bring ourselves back to getting the awareness of and getting clear getting clear on what we actually what we actually would like to achieve yeah, yeah and then and then taking those actions from there
0: so true i love that i mean you know as you say the world is so crazy we don't always take the time to assess and to um understand ourselves and our situation. So that's that's step A. And then to formulate what steps of action to take and then to actually go and do them to build that competence, which will bring you the confidence. Yes. So it's all quite a, it's a beautiful cycle, but we just have to take the time um, for ourselves in this crazy world to allow us to express that journey.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. I love it.
0: Um, and so tell us, Marcus, how do you work with your clients? Do you work um, in uh, group sessions, in single sessions, in person, face to face, on Zoom? Tell us more about how you actually work, and if someone wanted to work with you, what would be the process?
1: Yep, so how I work is so I use a range of cognitive behavioral therapies. Yep, um. Acceptance and commitment therapies and and mindfulness, which all of those therapies are really useful for anxiety and a whole range of other things like preaching and nice. stress, stress related issues, like life transitions, all those kinds of things. Um, so, just to put it in a nutshell, CBT is the relationships between our thoughts, feelings, and our behaviours. Mm-hmm. So, because it all start, it all starts with our thoughts.
0: Yeah.
1: Except it's a commitment therapy. Sounds a bit weird. Sounds like somebody's getting married. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's actually um, to do with that. This is where anxiety. It can be really helpful for anxiety because it's yep. based around getting back in touch, getting back in touch with the present moment.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. And it's about. Taking committed action towards our goals yep. in line with our personal values. Yep. So our yeah obviously our personal values and our and our core beliefs are the things that are really important to us. So it's about getting really getting in touch with those with those things, but also bringing your awareness back back to the present moment. Yep. Um, so there is a lot of mindfulness type things that form part of. Act Therapy as well. Beautiful. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're the therapies that I use, which I find works um, in a whole range of different situations for my clients. Uh, and what I mainly offer is I mainly offer counselling packages, which what happens is firstly we'll have a brief call Um just to discuss what your current situation may be, uh, get clear, get clear on your goals, and then I'll give you some options moving forward of um, where we could progress with that. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I do encourage that we have that that conversation first, just to make sure uh, that we both align and that my services, um, you know, fit. Fit what my client is looking for, or what my potential client may be looking for, and, and suit suit their situation. Uh, and then, if that's the case, then I'll give the I'll give um, yeah the potential client some couple of options there, um, which is yeah, but they are they are based around programs, um, which usually based around weekly one on one sessions with myself. And um yeah, I go through the details of the programs at that like at that time at the end of that call once we um once we identify that you know we're a good fit, we're a good fit to work together. And for men, uh for men, which is which is who I work with basically, that's that's my main uh aim, is empowering men um, to achieve their best lives. So for men that I work with, yeah, I offer these transformation packages, and yeah, there's a couple of different um, lengths there, but it's just based around the fact that individual sessions are unlikely to get to get my clients' results. So, you know, I do, you know, I'm committed to my clients, and uh, I also, you know. Expect my clients to be committed to the, you know, to the program and to the process, um, because you know that's as we've spoken about, consistency and actions—that's how we get. That's how we get it, the results that we want.
0: Yep. So true. Love that. Um, and have you got any insight into, you know, some of the successes that you've had with the people that you work with over the last period?
1: So. A lot of the men that I work with, are current, maybe currently separated or having issues with relationships in their in their life with the um, the people around them. Relationships may not be good, yep. and I think just it's very fulfilling for my clients when they come in and yeah, they're having a lot of challenges or they're, you know, they're about to um, possibly, you know, split up from their relationship and just to open up the pathways to, for them to chat about what's going on and then to go through some different tools and techniques and for them to gain more awareness around, you know, their own thoughts and how that's coming across as actions Nice. and how that may be affecting affecting the other you know the other people around them that which you know which may be leading to some of the challenges that they're facing so i think just um yeah it's really fulfilling to see once they can gain that awareness or just sort of start to um see things from a bit of a different perspective once we once we get into the therapy and a lot of people, a um, lot of my clients, having better relationships and connections with their kids, um, getting better, yeah, better connections with their with their partners and other friends and family around them. So yeah, just really, really positive to see, um, you know, when these changes, when these changes happen, and they'll come back like after a few months of of us doing therapy. They'll come back and they'll just be in a much better place, and they'll have better relationships with, you know, with all those special people around them. So, that, I think that's just the most fulfilling part of my job.
0: Yeah, it must be. Must be. Do you work um, in group sessions or is it mainly one on one?
1: So at this stage, I offer the just the one on one, the one on one programs. Mm. Yeah, so it's generally um, weekly one on one sessions. Um, for the duration of the program. And yeah, the programs obviously, tailored around what the client may be dealing with at that time. So um, once we've had that 30 minute chat together, uh, then I'll you know I'll give the details and options for what the programs are. And then we um, if, like if we after that chat, we feel like we're a good fit we're a good fit for each other to work with each other. Um then we then we'll go through that.
0: That's fantastic. Those options. Love it. Well done. Um and so if people want to find out about you um or find you your website, tell us a bit more about how they can do that.
1: Yep. So yeah, people can contact me via the website, um which is readytoheal.net.au. Beautiful. And also via my Facebook page.
0: So, uh, website or um, Facebook. Yep. Perfect. Well, Marcus, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think, you know, that was really insightful. And, you know, you're obviously extremely empathetic and um, warm. And, you know, you really gave us a, a really heartfelt insight into your own journey, which really allows you to understand a lot of the people that you're working with and, you know, help them achieve their goals and become better, better people and, you know, have better relationships with all of their loved ones as well. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. You know, it was, you know, a real eye opener and some of those tips and tricks um, are extremely valuable. And uh, I think, you know, it's really important for us to all take heed and really um, in this modern day where the world and the pace is so crazy, you know, all these Tips and tricks and strategies are so important more than ever before. So I um, really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a great conversation. I always like to leave my guests with a last word. Have you got any last thoughts? or
1: just appreciate the opportunity to come on the show. So thank you very much, oh, Darren.
0: Fantastic, Marcus. So thanks, man. I really appreciate it once again. Um, I'm going to put all the um, links in the show notes to find Marcus. So please do check them out. Um, and um, we hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. So everybody have a fantastic rest of the day. We'll see you very, very soon for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. If you would like to join me as a guest on the show, I would be delighted to collaborate feel free to buzz me on 0414 659 800 or email me on darren at suspendedanimation.com.au. I'm always on the lookout for great guests who can share their stories and expertise with my community. Also, if you have been thinking about putting your own podcast together and not sure where to begin, look no further. I run a really simple three-part podcasting course, one-on-one with me, where I walk you through the entire podcasting journey you'll end up with a fantastic new podcast to start sharing right away. Feel free to get in touch to discuss further. But for now though, have a fantastic day and I'll see you next time.